I'm Joanna Weaver, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, my name is Rebecca George. I'm your host. Welcome to the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am so thrilled to be back with you today as we get to sit down with my sweet, sweet friend, Joanna Weaver, to talk all about the Genesis of Striving, Chapter 5 of Do the Thing. Joanna was the perfect person to have this conversation with, and I'm so excited for you to learn from her. If you haven't already gotten your copy of Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl, let me encourage you to go order it wherever you like to buy books so that as you're walking through each of these individual conversations about each chapter of the book, you have that to go off of as you listen. So Joanna's been on the show before. So if you've not listened to our previous conversation about her book that came out last year, Embracing Trust, make sure you go back and listen to that and help me give a warm welcome back to our friend, Joanna. Joanna, I am so thrilled to welcome you back to the show. Thank you so much for being with me. Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I have said this privately to you, and I'll say it publicly here on the podcast. I'm just so incredibly thankful that God crossed our paths when he did. It's been just the sweetest, sweetest friendship over the last six or eight months. We got to chat about your newest book, Embracing Trust, when it came out. So I would absolutely encourage listeners, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to that conversation and grab a copy of Embracing Trust. And um I'm so excited to be back today talking about chapter five of Do the Thing, which is called the Genesis of Striving and sort of talking through where did striving start? I know when I think back, even in my childhood, I can think of moments where maybe that that struggle that I've um, been walking with the Lord in most of my life began at a very young age for me. And we'll be talking about that in this episode and As we have in every episode that's pointed back to one of these chapters in the book, I've pulled out a few scriptures that we talk about within the chapter that we want to sort of start out with that will sort of frame the conversation. And then we'll talk a little more broadly about the chapter and about striving throughout the episode. And so the first passage we're going to take a look at is Joshua 4. And I'm going to start reading for us in verse 20. I'm going to read 20 through 24. And it says this. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all of the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And I just love this example of them setting aside these stones, these Ebenezer moments for a future generation to see and know that the Lord is mighty, to see his faithfulness. And I just think it helps me so much to remember the faithfulness of God and it puts me in my rightful place, right? Maybe yeah. when I'm strive when I'm struggling with striving. And so 
I just want to open us up with that and pose the question to you, Joanna, of what helps you remember the faithfulness of God, that he's in control, that we're not, all of those truths, right? Um, maybe as you struggle with this. Oh, my goodness. You know, after walking with the Lord so many years, you'd think, I was just thinking of this yesterday, you would think I would remember. But it's mm. like each new challenge tends to like wipe our brain of of God's faithfulness. And so we have to literally call to mind. And scripture talks about that. Yeah, Calling to yeah. mind uh, over and over, especially in the Old Testament, remember when. It's almost like God mm. had to remind the Israelites and he has to remind me. But I was just thinking as you were talking about those standing stones, writing my new book on trusting God really gave me a chance to go back and look at those pivotal moments. Yeah. And even um, for the first time in s- some of the stories, recount them. And, you know, I, I thought how cool that is, even for my children, that one day they'll be yeah. able to see the faithfulness of God. And I, I really I really think this whole issue of remembering is so important. And uh, I, for me personally, because again, like spiritual amnesia can just attack mm. us without us ever meaning to. We can even be walking closely with the Lord, but all of a sudden trouble hits. And it's like we believe the lie that we're all alone and that it's all up to us. But I was just uh, remembering how God actually had me go back through my journals a couple of years ago Mm. just, just to recapture the truths that I needed to be reminded of. Because in the middle of it, it's like we get bogged in with trouble. And so um, even though I'm a reluctant writer, journaling has really helped me capture those moments to help me remember. And so I Mm. think whatever we need to do to to like, even even in the moment, don't just gloss over it, but like let the weight of the moment settle in like, oh, okay, no, that's not just a coincidence. That's God. Mm. And let it kind of just, yeah. again, like standing stone. Like we literally pause and we we put up a monument at that place to help us remember. Yeah. Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl is available wherever you like to buy books? I wrote it. Well, I wrote it just for you, friends. So if you are ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, maximize your passions in the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve Him and love others, and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop, and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl. If that sounds like you then I want you to order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or 12 and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. 
I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, it's so good. I recently did a similar thing, Joanna. I was really faithful in the first couple of years we were married and we were in Mississippi to prayer journal. Yeah. And I am not doing that so faithfully in this season. Uh, I would love to start doing it more again. But I went back and I read through a lot of what I was praying for and asking the Lord for. And it was just such an encouragement to me to see how he met me in those things and to know now what I didn't know then and just to praise him for that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking too, and this is something that we sort of offer up as a way to put this into action at the end of this chapter, we leave a page in the book for you to sort of reflect and write a letter to the Rebecca, to the Joanna of a year ago yeah, and tell her what she didn't know that the Lord would teach her in that year. And just as a way of really thinking back and reflecting on, okay, God is in control. I am not. I can loosen my grip on maybe the striving that I've been really struggling in and and realize um, mm. my rightful place and the Lord's faithful, rightful place in my life. And so you don't have to have the book to walk through that activity and to really think through that in the days to come. So that's absolutely something I would encourage you to do if that's something that you really want to focus on a little more is how do I remember the faithfulness yeah. of God? That's a good place to start. Beautiful and, exercise. And yeah, it's been really helpful to me. And another passage that we talk about in this chapter that has been so powerful in my life and just a truth that's been so powerful in my life is in the Gospels. It's in John 14, verses 25 through 27. This is when Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And he says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And Joanna, I don't know about you, but it encourages my heart so much to just know as a follower of Christ, we are indwelt by the Holy yes. Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave yes. lives within us. And so I wonder as we read that, as we yeah. say that truth that we know in our heads, how does that encourage your heart oh. to know that the Holy Spirit is your helper? It, it is. It's everything. It's everything. You know, yeah. for so long, even though I was, I was raised in a very spirit-honoring church, for some reason, I didn't put it together that me neither that he was there to help me and i bought this lie yeah. that it was all up to me and if i'm not careful i can still operate from that premise again Absolutely. that spiritual amnesia that and the lie of the enemy and even of our flesh that really to be honest you know we're get it done girls we do the thing yeah. right we do the thing yes but if we're not careful we end up doing it in our own strength we end up doing it in in uh, our own wisdom when we've been invited to this beautiful partnership with the Lord. But something occurred to me that I don't know I've ever seen when you were reading that scripture. Jesus says, um, 
I'm sending you the comforter, the helper. And then he says, my peace I give you. And to think of the Holy Spirit is peace. Peace is a person. Yeah, It's the Holy Spirit. And when I try yeah. to do it on my own, I'm actually rejecting peace. I, I am choosing oh, striving. Wow. I am choosing striving. I am trying to do it on my own. But, but yeah, and so maybe that's even the barometer. It, am I, am I mm. trying to do this in my own strength? Or am I partnering with the Holy Spirit? Am I allowing him to lead and guide? And uh, peace yeah. is a person, and that person is the Holy Spirit. I like that. Uh, I love that Jesus is so specific in how he talks about giving us his peace. I'll read the verse again. He says, peace I leave with you. And he could have he could have just said that. Right, that would have been right, enough, right. right? But there's he's so specific of saying, peace I leave with you. My peace, yes. my actual peace, I give to you. And again, clarifies, not as the world yes. gives do I give to you, right? And so three times in a, in three very specific ways, he clarifies, it is my peace. Yes. It is not anything that the world has to offer you. And so I, I love that. I love that that trails behind that truth of the Holy yeah. Spirit because you are absolutely right. Yeah. And, and as you were talking about us partnering with him, this quote from the book has come up in almost every one of these episodes that we've recorded, but it came to mind again as you were saying this and I honestly can't remember even what chapter it's in. Don't we get to that point oh, yeah. with, our own, with our own books? We don't even remember where it is, but I know it's in there Someone somewhere. Someone once said, and where, it might have been me. <laughs> and it might have been me. As, at some point in this book, I say the outcome is his. Yeah. The obedience is ours. Yes. Right? We get to partner with him. The outcome, the inner working of how that's going to take place how he's going to be at work and his glory on display. That's, that's him. Yeah. But the obedient next step, us partnering mm -hmm. with him, that's us. Right. And, and that's and so freeing if we really accept that. So because freeing. Being, here's, here's where the striving comes in for me, Rebecca, whenever I get too caught up in the outcome, if I can just yeah. focus on the obedience, I can usually mm. keep the peace that God wants me to have. But when I'm focusing on the outcome, which is really out of our control, the only thing within our control yeah. is our obedience. There's so many things that we can't make happen mm. on the other side. And so again, it comes to that trusting, okay, Lord, I'll do my part because I know you'll do your part and you're going to even help yeah. me do my part, which is really good news. Yeah. Oh, such good news. Such good news. And this passage also was on my heart, probably because I, I taught on it this past weekend. And I think as we think about this idea of striving and just truths that we can point ourselves back to in scripture that help us come up out of that a little bit, the thought of what it looks like to abide in Christ just really encourages my heart as well. And so I'm going to read from John 15 for us, verses 1 through 5. Again, this is, this is Jesus saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, 
Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And this is the thing that gets me, Joanna. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Yeah. And so how does that mm-hmm. how does that encourage you? Oh, I love as it. As you think about striving. Well, it really is part of my testimony because as a young Christian, I so wanted to serve Jesus and I so wanted to do big things for God. I wanted my life to count for his kingdom. But in a sense, I was kind of like an apple branch on the floor of the orchard. And I was trying to do good and be good and produce fruit. And the Lord in his mercy, he, he allowed it. But oh my goodness, the freedom that comes when we understand our only responsibility is to stay attached to the vine. Mm. The, the, that's all we, I, we just mm-hmm. have to tend the connection. And then it's his life that flows through our life and produces the fruit that really remains. And again, we, we don't yeah. have to make it happen. It's just a natural byproduct of an intimate friendship with the Lord. And isn't that kind of him? I think for so long, so kind. I, I lived as a servant girl. You know, be good, do good, serve, serve, serve. Not realizing that I, I'm his beloved. I'm his daughter. Now with that comes responsibilities. But they're privileges. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't have to earn his favor. I get to serve out of his favor, out of my love for him. Rather than trying to make yes. stuff happen, I just, uh, you know, I just get to be available to him. And so that has been mm. so freeing. Striving just leads to burnout. It leads to emptiness. I've been there. I've done that. Ended up empty, dry, and a little bit angry. Because no matter how much I tried to do, it was never enough. But I can tell you, Mm. I am so glad that God brought me to the end of myself, that he didn't reward all my striving. Because Mm. in that, I learned just the beautiful privilege and invitation to just abide in him. And, And I've thought so much about that verse. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And yet... Philippians 4.13, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not either Mm. or, it's both and. And when we live in that beautiful intimacy of abiding, what does it say? I can do all things in Christ. So once again, Mm -hmm. as we abide, fruit happens. And so good. And as I was thinking about this topic and this getting to have this conversation with you, you and I have had the conversation of one of the books that you've written that most, I would say many of my readers have read having a Mary heart and a Martha world. And it's been so, um, just sweet to hear what the Lord did through the message of that book. However much you feel comfortable sharing, I would love for you to encourage listeners with a little bit of that story, because it is such a testimony of the Lord just having his hand on something. And it was nothing that we did. Right. And if you feel comfortable sharing that, I just would love for you to encourage listeners with that. 
Oh, it is. You know, it's a standing stone. It's definitely a standing stone I'm sure. in my life. Um, that even though God's called me now to the online space and to online ministry, he keeps reminding me, really, do you, do you want to do this in the strong arm of the flesh? Or would you let me yeah. have my way? <laughs> and I'm like, oop, you do yeah. you, God. You do you, because it's yeah. way, way better. Um, so the story, you know, 36-year-old pastor's wife and felt God call me to write. And it, just to make a long story short, um, my second book was uh, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. My first book was supposed to be this wonderful success, but everything went wrong that could go wrong. And so when it came time for release, um, you know, the publisher didn't really do a whole lot. And I will, I had felt very much um, a, a constraint from the Lord. I didn't have a website. I wasn't online. Mm. Um, really, uh, as speaking engagements came, I, I would take them, but God had me on a very short leash. And oh, so yeah. freeing, so freeing because I could just put my lunch in his hands and whatever he did with it was up, up to him. And so I yeah. thought, um, wrote the book and I thought I would take a six month sabbatical. Well, six month sabbatical turned into six years and a dark night of the soul several times. <laughs> One of them being an unwanted, not and not an unwanted, but an unexpected pregnancy at 40. And I thought I was going to have wow. an empty nest and God had a different idea. And we ended up with the greatest blessing named Joshua Douglas Weaver. But mm. all that to say, six years later, when I came out of that and out of that dark night of the soul and, and came the second book, which is Having a Merry Spirit, Allowing God to Change Us from the Inside Out. Well, by the time that book released, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World was on the bestseller list. And I remember sitting across from the vice president of marketing and she said, you know, we had no idea. It's just amazing what God's done. And we're sorry, we really didn't do a whole lot. And I said, and neither did I. And isn't that wonderful? You know, isn't that wonderful? Yes. And so now I, I think maybe 1.2 million copies later. China, that is insane. It, it is. And I only God, only God. And, and I think that that's something we have to be in our desire to do something for the Lord, we kind of have to let him decide how that turns out. Because I've had other books yeah. since then that haven't done nearly as well. And, you know, and he's, yeah. he's taking me through times where he's like, okay, I want you to engage in marketing. And then I'm like, okay, I've got to make this happen. And, and nothing happens. <laughs> And yeah. so even in this last book, as you've been a part of my launch and, and some of um, you had, had you in my launch team, you know, just wanting, how do I steward this without buying the mm -hmm. lie that I have to make things happen? How can I just be yeah. faithful and leave the outcome to you? And I, that is really, that's the space of grace that I really try to stay within because outside of it, boy, it's just not very fun, nor is it pretty. No, that's right. That's exactly right. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking of another piece of this chapter that I think really has been helpful to me, just a, a phrase that's been helpful. And it's this idea of creating with an unrushed heart. Mm, I don't know about you, Joanna, yeah. but when I feel like I have to produce something to earn God's favor, or I feel rushed to, you know, produce X, Y, or Z. Um, my creativity just 
is out the window. (laughs) And so anything that I'm able to do to point myself back to that truth of apart from me, you can do nothing um, to just create at that pace of grace and create with an unrushed heart, um, I find actually is really refreshing and renewing for my creativity. And so I guess two questions, do you find that also to be true? And what helps you create with an unrushed heart? Ooh, that's such a good, good thought. Um, Interestingly, I was in the middle of of my book, <laughs> you know, the three year journey that was supposed to be a one year journey. Yes, and you know all about that. But um, I was I was just almost frantic because it was just not coming, and I was working yeah. with the life coach, and she was trying to help me. You know, a, a writing coach helped me work the angles and come up. She's like, "You just got to do this," and and the Lord, I got off the phone with her. One day she goes, and the Lord just said, no, no, you need mm. to let go. Your pushing and your striving is just pushing you into fear. It's just pushing into yeah. you. It's just torment, torment. And so once again, you know, the message of my book is letting go, you know, of just that surrender of yeah. going, God, um, again, it, and it's so hard to acknowledge that really apart from him, we can do nothing. And yet at the same time, it's so freeing. And just realizing that he's a good shepherd and he takes us at a pace we can go. And if we're not able to do it at that moment, there's a very good chance we're not supposed to do it at that moment. Yeah, And that's hard for us girls who want to do the thing and be productive and, and be obedient and do big things for the kingdom. I think the most revolutionary and freeing thing for me was to realize God's not as interested in building his kingdom through me as he wants to build his kingdom in me. And as Ooh. I just let him do that, then yeah. then it's his life. It's the spirit of God working through me. It's not Joanna making something happen. And so in some ways, yes. as hard as it is, to have writing be the hardest thing I do. I'm so grateful because I literally can't do it in my own strength. God won't Apart allow me. Him. I can't. Yeah. I literally, I can make a lot of things happen, Rebecca. I'm a, I, I know you can. I'm a, you are a, a doer. resourceful girl. But God in his mercy right. said, no, in this arena, no, you're not going to get to do it in your own strength. Wow. But in that, oh my word. What a beautiful intimacy and dependence when we just lean yeah. on him and, and trust, trust. And I think that's probably been the most important thing that when I'm pressing and when I'm trying to make something happen to just mm. let go. That, that verse that we quote so many times, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. 40, Psalms 46.10, that word for uh, for be still is cease striving, let go, let loose. But there's a word for God that uh, that in the in the Hebrew means the God who makes things happen. Let go, oh. let go, and know, experience, partner with the God who makes things happen. What a privilege! Oh, I love that. Yeah, what an honor it is. What's so good? That's when Such it's really fun. That's when it's fun. 
but I got to get yeah, to the end of myself. So that's not so fun. <laughs> that's not so fun for us doers, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that so much. Well, there is a question that I ask that I am asking every guest that is a part of this series. And I'm excited to ask you, Joanna, if you, and you've given us so much good wisdom in this episode, but if you could maybe boil down your best piece of advice for the girl listening who just desperately wants to see her calling from a gospel centered perspective, she wants to be faithful and she's listening today. What would you tell her? Well, I would tell her, what brought life to my soul as I was a young 28-year-old girl with a passion to speak to women and didn't know what to do with it and didn't know how it would ever happen. And I heard a speaker say, deepen the message, let God broaden the ministry. Deepen the message. Let God broaden the ministry. Here's the deal, you guys. If we're only this deep in God, if he does choose to broaden our ministry, it only makes that that depth thinner That's and right. thinner. And it won't stand the heat of fame. It won't stand the heat of rejection. It won't stand yeah. the heat. And so deepen the message and let God broaden the ministry. Mm, that's so good. So, so powerful. I love that. And there is another question. You've answered this before, and it's so fun to ask guests to come back on the show because the Lord's always teaching us new things. And I love that. The podcast is called Radical Radiance with a Heart to really help women see what it looks like to radiate the heart of Christ in all that we do in our life, our work, our relationships. And so, Joanna, I wonder how you would answer the question of what about Jesus makes you radiant? Well, I'm just falling in love with him more and more. Like there are just moments and it's a new it's a new thing that he's been working in me these last couple of years where um just sometimes I can't help it but I just get the biggest smile on my face cuz I'm like mm. just the magnificence of God. I'm just yeah. being captivated by him. But again, it's come out of that desperate need of him of just Mm. spending time with him saying, God, unless you do what only you can do, I can't even begin to do what I need to do. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, I would love to give you a minute to just share where can listeners connect with you, grab your books, all those things, because I'm sure they will want to connect with you after listening to this episode. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Well, you can go to joannaweaverbooks.com and find my books and Bible studies. I do have a brand new video study that released for Embracing Trust that I'm really excited about. And you can find all that stuff. Oh, thank you. You Yes. And you shot it. At home in Montana, in Montana which yeah, is Glacier gorgeous. National Park, so beautiful. and uh, What a dream. Yeah, it was pretty wonderful. It was pretty wonderful. So, And hearing great things from groups that are doing the study, so I'd love to have you check that out. Um, Joanna Weaver Books on Instagram and Facebook, but I'm also starting, I have a podcast, The Living Room, but also starting a YouTube channel. So yeah, you can go find me there on Wednesdays. So fun. I love that. And we had a conversation about Do the Thing over on your uh-huh. podcast, The Living Room. Yes. So for listeners who want to go listen to that, uh, I got to be, had the honor of being a guest on Joanna's show as well. So you'll have it to go check wonderful. that out. I think it's episode well, 99. I think so. 
Yeah, I remember thinking, oh, that's just before her 100th episode. So it was easy for me to remember, too. So I love it. Well, I could not be more thankful for you, for your Mm -hmm. wisdom and just your friendship. You have been such a kind, um, such a kind friend to me in the last several months. And I'm so grateful for that. God knew I needed you leading up to launching my very first book. Mm -hmm. And so you were one of the first people that came to mind when I decided and God put it on my heart to do this series. And I'm so thankful that we got to have this conversation today and all the listeners will get to glean from your wisdom. So thank you, Joanna. Oh, well, I feel the same way about you, Rebecca. And I just thank you for doing the thing, but doing it with Jesus. I I love Mm -hmm. your heart. Mm, I love yours too, friend. Thank you. I hope you love that conversation with Joanna as much as I did. Make sure you go grab a copy of Joanna's newest book and Bible study called Embracing Trust. And if you haven't listened to our conversation all about that book, make sure you do that as well. And I will join you next week as we will be back to talk all about chapter six of Do the Thing. So I will join you then.